0: Thursday edition of PFTPM, the joint production, Chris Sims Unbutton, PFTPM, presented by Verizon, the Megapix podcast. This is already number 14, Christopher, and because I beat you last week, and that is a rarity this year, I was better in the straight up by one game. I got 11 right, you got 10. I was better in the best bets. I get to drive the bus this week. It's been a while since I've driven the bus. You've been kicking my butt all over the place This this year. We were talking about this before the podcast. I'm 14 games behind you in the straight up competition. And I'm not going to start just picking the opposite of every game you pick in an effort to get back into it because 14 is going to quickly become 30 if that happens. What in the world Look at is you, high step and Grinch, you.
1: You high step and Grinch, you. Look at you, like Dion Sanders over there. Isn't that
0: the ornament someone made of you? Because that wasn't actually... Did someone make that? I think, or was somebody, that, actually I think sold? that
1: was made. I, I don't think somebody sold that. You're right. I think that was somebody from Tampa who had made this or configured it. I can't remember. You're right. There is some story there. All the flavor, none of the
0: spleen. There it is. Buccaneer, it is Buckweiser 2 uh ready to go on your christmas tree but uh, for the season look you're doing really well straight up against the spread i'm two games behind you best bets i've got a four game kind of lead four and a half four and two halves i don't know i've got three ties you've got one but uh, last week i i got the victory so off we go week 14 Picks podcast and the first game of the week, one of the toughest ones, Baby. for me. I know I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The Patriots on Thursday night taking on the Rams. The second game in L.A. at SoFi Stadium in just four days for the Patriots. They beat the Chargers forty-five to nothing last Sunday. One of your or your only best bet that you got right. You picked the under with a total of forty-seven and a half I in that game, I thought it and the out. Patriots scored
1: forty-five. <laughs> and the Chargers score zero and you hit the (laughs) under I thought it was gonna be like a 20 to 13 type game and it ends up they're scoring points and I'm going oh no oh no oh no this is not good because you're just thinking too the Chargers will get on the board at some point and make a few you know you know like end of the game touchdowns but yeah that was the weirdest under I've ever seen with 45 nothing definitely I'm excited for tonight though go ahead you want to lead it off
0: this week, if the Patriots win 45 nothing, it will be over because the over-under is 44-and-a-half. And the Patriots, five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the team they beat less than two years ago by 10 points in Super Bowl 53. But both teams have changed. The Patriots have changed more dramatically because they don't
1: have Tom Brady. Go ahead. You lead it off. Who do you like tonight? Well, I have my pick locked in. I'm not going to change it based on. I yours. know you're not. I'm not worried about that. And then just let's not forget, as always, all odds are provided by uh, points bet sportsbook. book. OK, um, I, I did not have a hard time. I'm going with the Rams to win the football game. I am. I'm going to pick them. I just can't get behind I the Patriots. I do think they'll be able to run the ball. I do think they'll be able to give Jared Goff and Sean McVay and that offense a bunch of problems to where it's not going to be pretty or anything like that. But I think the same can be said on the other side. This Rams defense is really good. You know, they're not real big up front. Sean Robinson is back in the fold for them. That helps them out. But, you know, it, the lack of Patriots pass game, too, I just think plays in the favor of the Rams. Like if if the Patriots had a little bit more of a pass game, maybe just one weapon, I I might be able to pick them to win the football game. But because there's really nothing there, uh, I just don't know how they're going to manufacture enough to overcome it. I'm going to go Rams 16-13. I don't feel even comfortable about that with the spread because – it could be 16-13 and really close, and the Rams score a late touchdown to, you know, make it 23-13, and then he lose it. But I'm going to go Rams 16-13 in a defensive struggle. So you've got the Patriots covering, the Rams
0: winning. I uh, And again, I said I'm not going to just pick the opposite of you for the sake of picking the opposite. I'm trying to pick the teams that I think will win. Yeah and I have faith in the patriots. You know, yeah. the rams are this team this year and and we've we've seen enough games where we can develop a sense of trends. Every time I start to buy into the rams, that's when they they lose. And I'm not going to buy into the rams just because they beat the cardinals this past weekend. We right. picked the rams, we both did to pick the cardinals, but we both thought the patriots would beat The Chargers, and I I feel like the Patriots backed against the wall. They're in that desperation mode. They have to win every game if they want to get to the postseason, most likely. 9-7 and is not going to get it done this year. I just think the Patriots finish their little mini trip to L.A., keeping their hope alive. It's not going to get any easier with the Dolphins and the Bills still on the horizon, but I think that they at least take care of the first of their final four games, beating the Rams, 20 to 17. I'm giving the Rams 14 more points than they scored in Super Bowl 53. I think the Patriots have the grit, the determination, and they have the coach in Bill Belichick to slow down the Rams' offense. Just enough yeah. to outscore it. It should I hope it's a great game. Yeah. It should be fun to watch. It shouldn't be high scoring. I wouldn't touch the over on this, but I'm not going to make the under a best bet either. But I do like the Patriots twenty to seventeen,
1: Chris. Yeah, I know. I am I'm, I'm with you there. And I think one other interesting angle, you know, and you kinda hit on it with Belichick and all that. The Rams have had a deal with two ex-New England defensive coaches already this year, and they struggled. They won against the Giants. We saw them struggle and lose against the Dolphins. That's the chess match I'm interested in because McVay's going to have, oh, wait, they did this to me. Bill will probably do that. Can I change it up? And will Bill be ready for that change-up move and all that? But either way, I'm excited for it. Okay, let's do the next one. Sorry. How
0: about another Super Bowl
1: rematch from not that long ago, Super
0: Bowl 50, the Broncos at the Panthers. This one doesn't feel like a Super Bowl rematch because both teams aren't very good this year. The Carolina Panthers, remember, they played the first regular season game after the Super Bowl, and it was a great game down to the wire, a field goal missed by Graham Gano that would have won the game for the Panthers. Broncos won this time around. The Panthers coming off of their bye week, late bye, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Chris McCaffrey is back.
1: Chris, who wins and why? Wow. It's, you know, it's interesting. McCaffrey certainly adds a different wrinkle to their offense and makes them much more dangerous. I, I, I like the way the Broncos defense has played as of late though, you know, from that aspect, I look at it and go, okay. You know, I, I do like that. I can't necessarily sit here and love the way Carolina's offense has looked over the last few weeks either. I mean, let's not forget, you know, that game they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, two of those touchdowns came from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm going to ride Denver here, even though like I feel like a lot of things are saying, "Hey, it's in Carolina. McCaffrey's back." You know, the Broncos coming off the loss last week, but defense playing pretty well. I think Drew Locke did a lot of good things against the Chiefs the other night. You know, I think they're going to, and the weapons they have. I think that Fangio's going to be able to slow down Carolina in that offense. I'm going to go with Denver, the the upset on the road here, and that Drew Locke and and Melvin Gordon and everybody just put up enough points to win this one. I'm going to go 24-20 Broncos.
0: You know, I'm concerned about the Panthers this week because they have eight guys on the COVID-19 reserve list. They had the issue with the gathering away from the facility during the bye week. Are they kind of losing their focus? Are they losing their edge? But in my mind – That's all overcome by the return of Christian McCaffrey. We've seen how good he can be. And when we witness guys like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara earning the contracts they got in the 2020 offseason, McCaffrey hasn't earned his yet because he had an ankle injury promptly followed by a shoulder injury. He's going to want to come back. And these are pride games. And he's going to want to show that he still has it, that he still is one of the best running backs in the NFL with all this talk about. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook he wants people to remember that he still has it so that's enough for me I, I'm gonna go Panthers here and again I'm not picking opposite you just for the sake of trying to carve into your 14 game lead I already had Panthers down 27 20 I am concerned about the guys on the COVID-19 reserve list but I'll go
1: Panthers 27 wow. 20 okay. all right let's like move it. on We're, oh, to um, the two difference to start the next one this one might right be out of the game too I, I don't know we'll see where it goes go ahead
0: Well, it's interesting in another way because word is just broken of the Chicago Bears closing down the facility today and shutting down practice because of a COVID positive. But the Texans giving one at Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky versus Deshaun Watson, the guy on whom the Bears passed, if you haven't heard, along with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, The Texans uh, losing last week a game they could have and should have won over the Colts, the Bears
1: were five and one. They haven't won since
0: then. They're now five and seven. Who do you like and why?
1: Well, I'm I'm, I'm torn in this game. I mean, it's a coin flip ish type of game for me. The way I evaluate it, you know, I'll say this: last week the Bears, their offense, maybe as good as this looked all year. And I know the Lions' defense is not special, but I'm just talking about the way the offense is orchestrated, the game plan, everything there. Got underneath the center more, ran the ball more, saw bootlegs and play action, saw more variety in formations and schemes. I, I really liked it. I liked the way Mitchell Trubisky played. The disappointing thing with the Bears lately is their defense. That's where I just go, what, what is going on? I mean, it's a 30-20 to 20 lead. They let Matthew Stafford and company march down the field twice late in the game to go score a touchdown. Week before that, they stunk against the Packers. You know... I kind of want to take the Bears, but I just can't. I think they'll find a way to mess it up, as they usually do. And Deshaun Watson is playing so well, you know, it, 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 it's just hard for me not to pick up. with the Bears' defense not playing as well and not getting as much pressure on the quarterback. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans to win this one on the road, 23 to 20.
0: I've got 24 to 20 for the same reasons that you are suggesting. I think that folks in Chicago are getting very nervous right now. The people in the organization. There hasn't been any type of vote of confidence or assurance given that people are going to be back next year and they're just caught in a vortex. They can't get out of. They're limited by their systems, their players, et cetera. And they keep finding ways to lose. And I think the Texans will emerge with the victory 24 to 20. All right. Cowboys at Bengals on the surface. Not a great game. One team is two, nine and one. The other one is three and nine, but it's Andy Dalton coming back to Cincinnati as the starting quarterback and his opportunity To stick it to the Bengals, and look, it's not all that hard to stick it to the Bengals this year, especially without Joe Burrow on the field. Chris, who do you like and why?
1: Well, uh, I I mean, yeah, there's a lot of crap here on this football field. Definitely, there's no doubt about that. (laughs) I, I just, I, I can't pick the Bengals to win a game. You know, the Bengals, first off, they can't run the ball to really take advantage. You know, of the the poor, the the worst area of the Cowboys football team, which is their run defense. So I just still can't see them manipulating or finding enough ways to move the ball consistently with Brandon Allen at quarterback. And Dallas, you know, the one thing, you know, at least Andy Dalton, of course, he's better than Brandon Allen. He's still got weapons at his disposal. Bengals defense not special. You can run the ball on Cincinnati as well. The, the Cowboys are not a great running team, but they're a good running team. And for all those reasons, I'm going to go Cowboys, 27-21. I just don't have any faith in Cincinnati's offense right now. Yeah, the spread in this one is 3.5
0: over under 42.5. Uh, Cowboys are the favorites. I've got the Cowboys, 23-16. to 16. And if the Cowboys lose this one, my goodness, they they've got problems in Dallas because this is a Bengals team that is a shell of what it was earlier this year – when it was still struggling to win games. No Joe Mixon, no Joe Burrow, no chance for the Bengals to win this game. And if they do, then the Cowboys have to do some serious soul searching for 2021. All right. Tennessee giving seven and a half at Jacksonville. The Jaguars won in week one. They gave the Titans everything they could handle in week two, a close game that went down to the wire. The Jaguars are riding an 11-game losing streak. And again, Titans, 7.5-point favorites, over under a whopping 53. Chris, Chris, who do you like and why?
1: Well, I like the Titans and and because they're the better football team, that's for sure, and we've seen the Jacksonville can't find a way to win a football game right now. But I just think, you know, it's a little scary in this aspect. Jacksonville's offense has been very good. Mike Glennon, they can they can beat you through the air or run in the football. Or not beat you, but at least move the ball either way, okay? Um, but at the end of the day... You know, same thing. They can't find ways to win. And their defense, I don't think, has any chance of matching up against that Tennessee Titans offense right now. So because of that, I'm going Tennessee 34-24, 10-point uh, 10 win. I've got Titans 28, Jaguars
0: 20. Look, the Titans lost a game last week in embarrassing fashion. And, yes, they, they were good in the second half, and they didn't give up. They made the game a lot closer than it was in the first half. But they, they've got to win here. They've got to turn it around. And if they can't beat the Jaguars – they may not make it to the playoffs, so I like the Titans 28-20 and a big day from Derrick Henry. All right, one of the big games of the 1 o'clock Eastern time window. This game feels like it should be more of a showcase game, and we will be paying close attention to it. The Kansas City Chiefs going to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Chiefs seven-point favorites over under forty-nine and a half. The Chiefs, when it's not a great team, are ripe to be upset or at a minimum to have the underdog cover. Chris, what's your score in this one and why?
1: Well, hopefully they're not asleep at the wheel here. I mean, I I know the Dolphins aren't great, but they're good, and they've beaten some very good teams this year to where you would think they get their attention. And then I would think just along with Mahomes and Reed watching film this week of this defense – they go, whoa, okay. This defense is real. It's, it's real. They're creative. They got talent. Okay, they can do a little everything. To where that that like increased the level of focus as the week went on too. I expect the Dolphins to be a pain in the butt for this Chiefs offense. You know, they they're they're a they're a defense that is uh, built about as good as any in football. I think to match up. With the Kansas City Chiefs in a lot of ways, secondary is as good as any team in football. They're good up front. They don't need to blitz a whole lot to do things like that. Um, But I think ultimately what it comes down to is I I don't trust Tua in the Dolphins' offense yet. You know Kansas City is going to make a few plays and score some points. You know I don't know about that with Tua and the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Even though it's not a great defense, it's exotic. They do a lot of different type of crap. It's going to be tough for a rookie quarterback. And I just don't think, like, managing Tua with the bootlegs and the one-on-one phase and all that is going to get it done. You're going to have to do something else in this game. I think we see Tua throw his first interception as a pro. I'm going Chiefs 28-17. The the, the 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 Chiefs
0: can only be beaten if you can outscore them. They're going to score their points. I was stunned they only scored 22 last week. A lot of field goals yeah, instead red of touchdowns zone issues, yeah. from Harrison Butker. But... Uh, I don't think the Dolphins can outscore the Chiefs. It's that simple. I've got 31-21. That may be a little high for the Chiefs, but I still think they cover. They win. The Dolphins still very much alive for the postseason, but but this is a team that I think is, is clearly better than the Dolphins, and I think the Dolphins are good enough that the Chiefs won't get caught napping even as they are one week away from one of the great games of the season, Kansas City Chiefs at New Orleans Saints, but I like the Chiefs in this one. 3121. All right, a game that a few weeks ago we would have said, who cares? The Cardinals clinging to their postseason chances, a one and a half point favorite on the road at MetLife Stadium against the Giants, who are five and seven and technically in first place in the
1: NFC East by virtue of the tiebreaker over Washington. Chris, who do you like? I, I like the Giants. I do. I got, you know, I, I got to see Arizona's offense and things start to click again before I'm going to pick them in a football game. You've been hearing me say this for the last five, six weeks, right, Mike? I mean, there's issues there. It's gotten down to where everybody knows their offense is all over their stuff. I mean, I did a thing on my podcast yesterday. Pete Dim a little light, little I'll tell you. But DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, the, the the ways in which they use him are very little. And the amount of routes or different routes he runs, it's, it's very little, too. You can almost play areas of the field and just go, no, DeAndre Hopkins will be right here. And we can just drop people there, and they won't be able to throw it. They're not a great, great running football team. They're only a really good running football team when Kyler Murray starts to run, and then that makes everything else good, but that's not there either. The Giants, Patriots, you know, coaching staff, I think they're going to be all over some of this stuff, that Arizona does. Now, I don't think Arizona's defense you know, is is chopped liver, they're going to have a good day too. But I think the way the Giants are starting to run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage, and they realize how they want to play in totality as a team right now, they're going to win another ugly one. That's what I'm banking on. 20-17, to the G-man. I think you're letting your your fandom influence you on this one. Maybe.
0: Look, the X factor for me is Larry Fitzgerald. He's missed the last two games. He's back now. He brings a leadership element, a calming quality. I think just his presence is going to help the Cardinals focus on what they need to do because they lose this one. I think they're done. Six and seven, I think you're done. If you lose this nine and seven is probably not getting you into the postseason in the NFC this year. They need this one badly. And, and as we discussed on PFT live today, the fact that the giants beat the Seahawks means the Cardinals aren't going to walk into this one thinking, Oh, oh, these are the giants. No, the Cardinals are going to take it seriously. They're going to take it very seriously. They're going to take the remaining game seriously. They're battle tested from playing these teams in the NFC West. Yeah. Even though the giants beat the Seahawks, I think the Cardinals will have enough. And Kyler Murray's now three weeks removed. From the shoulder injury that has impaired him, but I, I just think that that they're going. This is a find-a-way game for the Arizona Cardinals. I've got them twenty-four to twenty-one, beating the Giants and covering the spread just barely. All right, another one o'clock game on Sunday, and this is weird to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at one o'clock Eastern Time. We're so used to four twenty-five prime time Monday night, Sunday night. Thursday night the showcase team this year because of the president's of ha- the presidents excuse me of hashtag Tommy they are six and a half point favorites coming out of their bye week at home against the Vikings an old NFC central
1: reunion Chris who do you like in this well I, I mean I I, I got to go with Tampa Bay here uh, I mean I'll say this I don't I mean I Minnesota's dangerous here but I just think with Tampa's D line and their ability to stop the run, I just think they're going to slow down Dalvin Cook enough to where you know the bootlegs and the play actions aren't going to you know hold the same water that they usually do. And I I, listen, I think Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Thielen—they're going to make some plays. They always do. I mean, they're phenomenal as far as their big play ability. I just don't know if there'll be enough consistency. I think it might be few and far between as far as when we see big plays or anything like that. I have a hard time thinking Dalvin Cook is going to go off you know, for over a hundred yards. I really think for the Vikings, it's gonna look a lot like their win against the Bears a few weeks ago on the offensive side of the ball. Except they're not playing the Bears offense. They're playing Tom Brady in an offense that has a little bit of everything to offer you. Yeah, it's not perfect, but this ain't the same Vikings defense we've seen from years past either. And that's where I just don't think they can slow it down. I'm interested to see what Tampa does on the offensive side of the ball. I'm gonna go Bucks 35 24. I think it could be a high-scoring game, and uh, I think we could see a number of big plays, but just not enough on the Vikings' end to keep it close. You always say this
0: is a matchup league, and I think this is a bad matchup for the Vikings on both sides of the ball. The Buccaneers can stop the run, and we've seen time and again when the Vikings can't run the ball, they can't throw the ball. We see guys in Kirk Cousins' face when he tries to do the bootlegs and the play action, and, and he doesn't have the time to find the guys down the field. Uh, you, you suggested earlier today that the Buccaneers will sell out to stop the run. I think the, the Vikings' best chance is to, to do play action early and try to hit it, some yeah. some balls down the field to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and, and, and get it into a shootout. Force it into a shootout and see if the Buccaneers can match them. I, I just think that, that – the buccaneers can and will match them. The the Vikings have never beaten Tom Brady. I know there was a close game in New England not that long ago, but that was a diminished Patriots team that the Vikings played tougher than expected. This is I think going to be a long day for the Vikings. It's the end of the road for them. They'll fall to 6 and 7 and they'll be done. 28-20 and I'm being charitable. Buccaneers win, Buccaneers cover. It could be worse than that. It could get flat out ugly. This could be a take out your frustrations game. For a Buccaneers team that has been slumping lately, that doesn't mean that they have going have have solved all their problems. But it will look like they've solved all their problems because they're getting a good matchup where I think they can they can really make some noise and convince some people that they may be a factor in the postseason. Chris,
1: yeah, I I, I certainly couldn't see that, and then they got to get it going to to be a factor. We know they're going to the playoffs and all that, but lately they've looked like a team that's yeah going to go to the playoffs, and it ain't going to be all that much. You know, midway through the year, we went, ooh, they're starting to look like a team that can get in the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team. What are they? I don't know. And this will be a big, you know, four weeks for the Bucks to see, for all of us to see.
0: They, they look like the most balanced team in the NFC at one point, yeah. maybe the best team in the NFC at one point, but then that all changed, and it's changed in a big way. Let's take a break. There's been a huge change in Philadelphia. Good news, Jalen Hurts, you're a starting quarterback. Bad news, you can take on the Saints, one of the best defenses in the NFL in your first game ever. We'll talk about that in the other late afternoon games when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon, continues right after this. There's your weekday lineup on the NBC Sports Channel on Peacock, starting day every weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern with PFT Live. All right, let's get to the 4 o'clock Eastern games on the 14th Sunday of the 2020 regular season, all odds courtesy of PointsBet. And how about the Indianapolis Colts barely beating the Houston Texans, going in to take on a Raiders team that barely beat the New York Jets that needed that crazy zero blitz on the Hail Mary to come back and win a game in which the Raiders had blown an 11-point lead. Colts favored by three over under 51.5. Chris, who do you
1: like? Well, I mean, I got the memories of last year where, you know, the Raiders went to Indianapolis and pushed them around and beat them. That, like, scares me a little bit. I can't lie. But I think there's two things that are different about that to where I'm not going to buy into that. First off, DeForest Buckner and the Colts defense is better than they were last year. And then the other aspect of that is the Raiders, as of late, you know, with the offensive line, Josh Jacobs not being 100%, things like that, they have not run the ball effectively and not been great that way. So, you know, the Raiders in general have just not played good football the last three or four weeks. I don't really know what to expect of them. We know they should have lost last week to the New York Jets. So from that standpoint, there's areas they match up with the Colts, and then the Colts are a team that I think both of us agree – it's hard to get a feel for them. I wish the Colts would run the football more. I think they're missing out on taking some more taking advantage of one of the strengths of their football team there. I think they do get a little pass happy for me at times. They should be able to run the ball on the Raiders and they should be able to throw the ball in the Raiders. So because of that and the Raiders struggles and the way they've looked as of late, the Raiders play a lot of man to man coverage in that. To where I just think that's T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., some of the other weapons there. I don't know if Oakland can match, or Las Vegas, excuse me, can match up across the board there. I'm going to go Colts win a close one, 24-21, Mike.
0: Yeah, I, well, you've, ooh.
1: Oh, so wait, that's a, so let me change it. Hold on. got the push. Let's go 24-20. Take a point away or add one. 24-20 Colts. You've got the
0: Colts with the cover. I agree with you. Colts 30-21. to 21. I I just think the Raiders are reeling a little bit right now. And, James yes, it. they got the victory that they shouldn't have gotten, but they know they shouldn't have gotten it. They know they lost that game. So I, I just think it's going to be difficult for them to get it all together for a team that is is as desperate, if not more desperate, than the Raiders because at least the Colts can – can objectively say we deserve to be in the playoff conversation. With the Raiders, yeah, hey, they've beaten the top two teams in the PFT power rankings, and I get reminded of that all the time by Raiders fans. Hey, why aren't they higher? They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Saints. Well, okay, don't don't get blown out by the Falcons if you want those wins to mean something. It seems like for every good win they have, they have multiple losses to offset them. So I think the Colts, with that that wall that they built years ago <laughs> and with that defensive wall that they have now to complement it, I think it's more than enough for the Colts to win the game. And I like the fact that Phillip Rivers, the old Chargers quarterback, taking on the Raiders again. I think that'll give him a little extra juice as well as they go into that one. So give me the Colts 30-21. to 21. Let's move on now to one of the ugliest games of the week. But who knows how it will play out after seeing the Seahawks lose to the New York Giants last week as double-digit favorites. This week the Seahawks 13.5-point favorites with a 46.5 over-under against the winless and hapless New York Jets. Chris,
1: will the Seahawks go 0-2 against the New York teams? Uh, I don't think so. I don't expect that, no. Uh, the Jets are not as good as the Giants, nor do they have you know, some of the, the scheme and formula, I think, that up, would upset the Seahawks as much as the Giants either. You know, re- really. I mean, I wasn't... I thought the Giants would keep it close last week. I I thought Colt McCoy would make a stupid mistake because he hasn't played in a while and all of that. The Jets, like, what do you expect from the Jets this week, Mike? I mean, I don't even know where to think about where is their mental, their mentality after a week like that. I mean, we heard Adam Gase made comments that, like, he had a hard time getting over it. It's probably still bothering them and being thought about in that facility. You know, I do think the Jets' defense could slow down the Seahawks a little bit uh, it's not the worst unit on that side of the ball over there but you know the offense hey Sam Darnold and company the right looks they might be able to make a few plays in the past game but that's all over the place too I don't know if I trust Sam all the time and their run game's not good enough to where I feel like they're going to take the pressure off of Sam Darnold in the pass game that way I think the Jets like hang around but ultimately the Seahawks blow them out like I could see it being like a 17-10 game and then a 24 to 10 game and then you know maybe maybe it goes to you know 27 to 10 and then 27-17 and then the Seahawks score again I'm going to go 34-17 after all that blabbering uh, Seahawks winning the game. Exact same score that I've picked
0: 34-17 Seahawks win. I like this Jamal Adams angle. I think that gives the Seahawks even more of a lift. He's going to be emotional, maybe too emotional. They need to watch and make sure he doesn't do anything that gets himself flagged by taking a shot at someone or accidentally running into someone like Adam Gase on the sideline. But I think the Seahawks should win this one easily. There is an interesting angle, though, in Seattle. Pete Carroll had some comments yesterday that could be characterized as Bruce Arians' style as it relates to potential criticism, a little passive-aggressive criticism of Russell Wilson saying that they need to get the ball downfield and that the protection from the offensive line was good against the Giants. That means the quarterback isn't pulling the trigger. And, you know, I do a a weekly spot on KJR, and and apparently there's a lot of talk in Seattle that, that Russell Wilson is distracted, that he's got too many other things going on, and he doesn't seem to be as locked in on football. I've seen nothing to suggest that, but it is kind of odd. In a season where they were ready to hand the MVP trophy to Russell Wilson, and by they, I mean we as well, after five or six weeks, how it's fallen off I don't get it. There's got to be some explanation for it. There's got to be some story behind the story. It is getting kind of glaring to see how Wilson's performance has fallen off, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, th- there's, there's no doubt. You know, I think, you know, one, we gotta, they have played some good defenses. You know, they were missing their running backs for a little while. Their offense is good, but it's never been like this schematical nightmare where you just go, whoa, this is the most creative thing in the world. It was just—it's a good offense. It's got a little of everything, but more or less it, it relied it relies on its Jimmys and its Joes more than the X's and the O's, and that's where they've hit a few you know dead spots. The offense has got to give them a little bit more there that that way. But I, I hear you. I see some of those concerns with the Seahawks too. Let's go to the next one. Green Bay Packers back at Ford Field for their annual game against the Lions. Five years removed
0: from the Hail Mary that scraped the rafters almost at Ford Field. Packers, 7.5-point favorites against the Lions, who got that big win last week over the Chicago Bears, down
1: 10 points, came back and got the victory. Chris, who do you like? Well, of course I like the Green Bay Packers. First off, I have no faith in the Lions' defense. I really don't. You know, Rodgers and the offense are just they are rolling right now. And it seems like Aaron Jones in the run game are getting back going too. So when you do that, okay, and then, you know, the Lions can be dangerous on offense. As we know, it seems to only be dangerous when their back is against the wall and like, oh, now we're down by 14 or 17 and we can do it. They don't ever seem to move the ball consistently in the competitive part of the football game. And that's, to me, a scary versus Aaron Rodgers and company. You know, so I could see it being back and forth for a little bit and kind of a fun game. But then I'm just going to say the Lions, as always, kind of hit a lull in their offense and fall behind Rodgers and company. And the Packers have a good pass defense, good pass rush, good cover corners. Because of all that and the way the Packers are rolling on offense, I'm going to go Packers 38-24 to win this game.
0: I've got 3117, same margin, just some uh, some uh, fewer points. The over/under by the way 55 in this one. I, I look, great. Congratulations. You got to win with Daryl Bevel Detroit Lions. That doesn't mean you're ready to compete with the Green Bay Packers. We saw what happened earlier this year in Green Bay. No reason to think the same thing won't happen again. The Packers offense is firing on all cylinders and they're making their run at maybe possibly getting that 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 one per conference buy in the NFC. All right, the Atlanta Falcons road favorites at L.A. against the Chargers. Two and a half points the Falcons are favored by. Will the Falcons win? Will the Falcons cover, Chris?
1: Well, I mean, the Falcons are I, – I mean, how can you pick the Chargers to win a game? I mean – Literally. I, I feel like if you took the other team off the field, the Chargers would fumble the ball out of bounds and somehow lose the game and, like, miss a field goal, and the ball will end up in their own end zone and it'll be a safety, and they'll still lose. You'd be like, wait, nobody was on the field for the other team. We dropped the ball in our own end zone. We lost two to nothing. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're unbelievable. So I'm going with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, 24-20. to you know, I do expect the Chargers to show some pride and things like that this week. You know, And, again, there is still some explosive playmakers. This is a totally different defensive scheme from what the Chargers had to play last week. Um, but, nonetheless, the Falcons have played tough football. I'm going to go Falcons 24-20. I've got 24-17 Falcons over the Chargers. I think the Chargers are just
0: gradually collapsing, if not, if, if not faster than gradually. Yeah. The comments from Anthony Lynn, a guy that we both have a ton of respect for, he he was comparing their situation to pearl harbor which is just a little over the top to say the least and saying we're down and out but we're not dead yet uh you are dead you're you're mathematically eliminated you you're you're playing for nothing other than maybe continued employment which i think that ship has sailed as well so i think the, the falcons still trying to get raheem morris the job in atlanta beyond this season right. the chargers i don't know what they're trying to do at this point i think it's over i think it's done and i think the the falcons put another nail in that coffin. All right. One of the more intriguing games of the day because Jalen Hurts will be making his debut as the starting quarterback. Yes, he got in last week, but he hasn't started. He will this weekend for the Eagles when the Saints come to town. The Saints, six and a half point favorites on the road, and for good reason. They've won nine games in a row. They've clinched the playoff berth. They're trying to nail down the division championship. The magic number is one. They surely will win that division at some point. Will they clinch the division with a victory over Philly on Sunday?
1: Well, I, I mean, the big question is, does the Jalen Hurts experiment and everything give the Eagles a schematical advantage? Does there something they're going to gain there? I'm going to play in, like, maybe on the first drive of the game, but after that I'm going to say no. And, and, again, the Saints, you know, they got their own running quarterback. They're going to understand how to defend it and, and all of those type of things, let alone – the Saints played against the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton a lot over the years. So this is not going to be like, oh, no, we don't know how to stop Jalen Hurts in the running game with the quarterback. I don't see that. The Eagles' defense is good. They are. I mean, the, the, they're big up front. They could probably slow down the run game here. But the one thing with Taysom Hill and the Saints, too, you know, they make you defend the whole field. It's more of an aggressive passing game. There's more threat of run game with Taysom Hill at quarterback. You know, the one thing you don't have to worry about if you're the Eagles is, yeah, the Drew Brees, surgical five- and six-yard completions and all of that. But uh, I don't know if that necessarily makes you rest any easier. I just think this is a slow beatdown. That's what I'm going. I'm going Saints 30-13. to 13.
0: I agree with you. I think the Saints are the superior team. I think Jalen Hurts is not going to be any better than Carson Wentz because, as Jason Kelsey, the Eagle Center, said yesterday – This is a total failure across the board of players and coaches, and you're not going to get it right with the Saints coming to town, and we've seen how the Saints approach their seasons. It's been the same thing the last four years. Start slowly, find your groove, and just continue to be good and win and keep going, and they're not even going to fall into the trap of peeking past this one for the Chiefs game coming up next weekend. They they know what's at stake, and this is their opportunity to to stick it to the Eagles, and I think – they they will and they will fairly convincingly. I'm not going to go as lopsided as you, but I've got Saints 27, Eagles 20. That accomplishes the cover, uh, and uh, you know I think it may be even more a little a little more lopsided than that. All right, the last late afternoon game: Washington at San Francisco. Forty ers only a three point favorite. Washington with the same record right now as the Forty ers and Washington in position to get to the postseason, as you said earlier. The, the 49ers, if they win out and go 9-7, and seven, maybe maybe they can. Maybe they can make it to the playoffs. Who do you like in this one and why?
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, there, there is a chance that 9-7 and seven makes it in the NFC. It's not that crazy when you kind of look at those teams, right, that are kind of fighting for that last, last spot there. Washington defense is the real deal. We know that. You know, we saw that last week with what they did with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their offense, eh. You know, the one thing I like about Alex Smith, yeah, he's not going to make – you know any mistakes? He plays the game the right way for their team. You know he's just going to be patient and kind of wait it out, and then you know, oh wait, there's somebody wide open. Now I'll take a chance. Okay, that's what he does. Um, but that to me, when and and it doesn't look like Antonio Gibson's going to be ready, and it just the fact that he hurt his toe and all that 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 hurts them overall. They they need him. He's the best player on their offense. Him and Terry McLaurin. So that that is bothersome. And even though that Washington defense is really good, you know this is a different animal than Pittsburgh. It's a lot more balanced offense. And I'm going to go with the 49ers here because I think they'll be able to run the ball on Washington just enough to open up some pass lanes and do that. And I I I think this is going to be a tough matchup for the Washington offense. I don't expect them to be able to move the ball a whole lot through the day. I'm going 49ers 27-14. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I've got 27
0: 21 49ers, and the 49ers have shown us that they can rebound from yeah. a loss that 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 hurts them. That's one of the the good traits of Kyle Shanahan to get his team to forget about what happened. And you look at Washington. They're on the road in Pittsburgh on Monday. They got to fly home and now they got to go to San Francisco, that, Arizona. That may take a toll on the short week. Oh, you're right. Arizona. Yeah. Still, the other side of the country. Right. Uh Technically at San Francisco, but actually in Glendale, Arizona. And I had forgotten that already. It's amazing. You get so much happening in the NFL that uh, something that was a big deal becomes an afterthought. But, yes, in Arizona, I still like the 49ers to rebound, even though my heart – Says Washington because I want them to win the division. I want them to get to the playoffs. I'm rooting for Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. Not this week. Maybe next week. Maybe the week after. Maybe the week after that. But not this week. San Francisco 27 21. All right, let's take a break. When we return, it's time for primetime. Only two Sunday and Monday primetime games this week so far. We'll talk about Steelers, Bills, and Ravens Browns when this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton presented by Verizon continues after this all right it's time for primetime games pftpm chris sims on button the primetime games presented by verizon sunday night football a great game pittsburgh steelers at the buffalo bills steelers coming off their first loss on early monday evening late monday afternoon and the bills with an impressive ninth win of the season over the san francisco 49ers in arizona on monday night Bill's only favored by two and a half points. That That is the Vegas doesn't know what's going to happen line, yeah. right? Chris, home yeah. team, two and a half point favorite. They don't know what the hell is going to happen. Over-under is 46 and a half. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, this is a, an even football game. And the way Buffalo is playing as of late, they're every bit in the class of, of Pittsburgh. I was interested to see what this line was going to be. Because I thought like, okay, Buffalo, it's still Pittsburgh 11 and one. I thought they'd maybe be favored on the road by like a point or something. But obviously, Vegas sees Steelers haven't played great football lately. Buffalo has been trending upwards faster than any team in the game, maybe. I mean, it's really, it's been very impressive. Everything about them has gotten better. The Steelers haven't had to play offense like this all year long. I, I, I can't wait to see it, really. You know, the no Bud Dupree thing, that's an issue in a game like this with Josh Allen. We saw the way he can bob and weave through the 49ers defense last week. It's got one of the best arms in the, in the game. They got weapons. They got a system, you know, from that aspect. And then, you know, I'm interested to see Pittsburgh. Are they going to change the approach? I mean, I think they got to do to, to agree. I don't know how much better they can get at the run game. Are they going to try to be more balanced? Or are they just going to go, no, we're going to pass it, but we're just going to change up more of what we do in the pass side and be more creative and have moving parts and doing all that. I don't know which way they go, but the way they have played on that side of the ball as of late Yeah, I don't like their chances against a guy like McDermott when he starts to know you're predictable and you throw, you know, four out of every five plays. That's not good. I'm going with Buffalo. I am. I don't think this is a great matchup for Pittsburgh. I think Josh Allen kind of negates the great pass rush. They got answers versus blitz, and I don't think Pittsburgh's great cover team. If that pass rush doesn't get there, I think they're vulnerable in the back end. I'm going to go Bills 27-20. While we were two for two on disagreements right
0: out of the gates, we've agreed on everything since, and we agree on this one. Mm. Look, the Steelers' offense really is concerning, from the drop passes to the no-running game to your perception that Ben Roethlisberger is changing a lot of running plays to passing plays at the line of scrimmage. They do get James Conner back, which is huge, if they use him and if he can be effective when they do use him. I just think in a spot like this, and and look, this is where – Big Ben's ego potentially takes over. Here's this young punk who's an MVP candidate higher on the stack than me, and everybody's smitten with Josh Allen. I'm going to show him I was Josh Allen before Josh Allen was even born. Yeah. Well, uh, not so fast. And, and I think if they give into that temptation to let Ben – and in what, they let him, he's going to keep doing it. If he goes out and does it and changes the play, what are they going to do? Bench him? No. No. So I, I, I think the offense isn't going to change – sufficiently enough and even if it does i don't think it's going to matter i think the bills will win this game i look at how the bills passing game worked against the 49ers defense and i think a similar outcome is in order with Josh Allen buying time when he needs to the absence of Bud Dupree Stefan Diggs getting open other guys like Gabriel Davis and cole Beasley getting open i i think that uh, we're going to see another great performance from Josh Allen and the bills are going to move to 10 and 3 First time they'll have consecutive double-digit win season since 1998 and 1999. I've got the Bills, 27, Steelers, 23, Chris.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you think about that. They beat the Steelers. And then if Kansas City slipped up one of the next two weeks against the Dolphins or the Saints, we should be, we could be sitting here going into week 16, 17, going, oh, my gosh, the Bills have a chance to be a first-round buy type of team. I think they've officially at least entered that conversation in my thought process the last two weeks, for the first time all year, so uh, I- I'm really I'm I'm intrigued by this matchup. It's going to be fun to watch, and you know, great coaching, quarterbacks, a lot of good players all over the field. You know,
0: quite often when we get to this stage of the season, the Monday night game is a stinker because it looked good on paper when it was scheduled, but by the time you play out the first 13 or 14 weeks of the season, it's not good anymore. This is one that actually has gotten better with time because the Browns much better than we thought they were going to be and the Ravens not the dominant force they were last year week one Ravens thirty-eight to six in Baltimore week 14 primetime Monday night football the Ravens are a one point favorite just a one point favorite after winning by 32 at Cleveland over under 46 and a half Chris who do you like
1: Wow. well I've gone back and forth with this one I'm going to pick the Ravens I am I don't feel necessarily comfortable. I, I'm just going to tell you why I'm picking the Ravens. One, I don't have faith in the, the Browns' run defense. I, I know it was pretty good last week. I get that, but this is just a different animal as far as which they run. Now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the you know, you know, uh, ineffectiveness of the Baltimore Ravens' pass game, maybe this changes this. I mean, Last week, the one thing the Browns did do on the defensive side of the ball is they put five big people across. It was Olivier Vernon playing end of the scrimmage linebacker, and it was you know Miles Garrett, two big defensive tackles in the middle, and then Sheldon Richardson at the other defensive end position. So maybe that gives them the advantage. I, I, I don't know. But either way, Baltimore, I just feel like going to get a week of practice. They ran the ball well last week, running the ball. They are a force, and I, I'm afraid that Cleveland will run the ball on Baltimore too. I, I, I mean, we've seen – Tennessee ran the ball on Baltimore. The New England Patriots have no pass game. They ran the ball on Baltimore and all of that. So that's scary from that aspect too. But I'm just going to go with gut on this one. That Baltimore rises to the challenge. The fact that they got those two corners on the outside, let them just play a little bit more to stop the Browns run game. And I think Lamar Jackson will make one or two great runs in the game to kind of put them over the edge. I'm going to go 20-17 to 17 Ravens. Yeah, I've got
0: 2317 Ravens for a lot of the same reasons. And one of the things that and, and and it hurts me to pick against the Browns after seeing what they did to the Titans, but the Titans don't have the pass rush that the Ravens do. And that's my concern for Baker Mayfield. You get guys in his face and he's not going to be nearly as effective as he was last week. And maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll chase that great performance against the Titans with another great one on Monday night in primetime. Maybe he will. And if he does, I'll be the first one in line to applaud him. But I got to call it like I see it. I don't think he's going to be able to do it against the Ravens. And even though it won't be the same kind of game it was in week one, and it was a play here and a play there, and Jarvis Landry told me a couple of weeks ago after one of their victories that, you know, they, they didn't have a chance to really get to know the new offense because of no offseason workouts, and the Ravens had much more continuity. and, and this will be a different game. It was a long time ago that they played the first, uh, the first match. But still, I think the Ravens, desperate enough, good enough to get the victory. The Browns are still going to make it to the playoffs. And I know they hold out hope of overcoming the Steelers in the AFC North. I think that dream ends on Monday night. They're still going to make it to the postseason. They're going to make it closer than it was in week one. They have everything to be proud of. But I think the Ravens end up winning the game. All right, we need to take a break. PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton wraps up as it always does on Thursdays with our best bets. Three picks that we have a lot of faith in, even though our performance in those picks may suggest otherwise. <laughs> we'll return with those right after this. Alright, All right, time now for our best bets for the week. Plus, we have a new feature. Better late than never. We're gonna start picking after our best bets. One team that we believe will win no matter what, regardless of spread, survivor pick style, one game that we feel great about as that team will win. Let's start with best bets, though, Chris. You get to go first. Give me one of the teams that you believe will cover
1: the spread uh, this weekend. Well, I'm going to go with the Packers to start it off. I am. Um Defense has been playing good. Mentioned Aaron Jones and the run game are coming along. Rodgers in the past game are executing on in, on all levels. I mean, they've been phenomenal lately. The Detroit defense, I have no faith in that at all. I do worry, hey, Matt Stafford, that offense, they can get going mojo-wise here and there, but I just don't think they'll be able to keep pace, and I, I'm picking the Packers to win 38-24. I'm going to go with them to, to cover that spread. I'm going to go out of
0: order. Usually I pick the game about which I feel the strongest first, but I'm curious to see if we can pull off the slot machine match this week because I got Packers also on my list. So it's Packers, Packers so far. What's your next one? Oh,
1: I, do you want to – I don't know if you want to be with me. I mean, that, that, you don't want to do that. You might be in the wrong if you're with me. Um, I'm going to go maybe with – Maybe you want to be with me. I do. You're you are right. Be with me. You're right. So maybe did you pick the Saints because I'm going to go with the Saints. I know they have that six-and-a-half point spread, which is like – that means the Be- Vegas doesn't know what to expect in the football game, and I, I could see Philly's defense hanging tough and doing all that. I think ultimately it's Saints defense. Jalen Hurts can't get anything going. I'm bet- banking on them making a mistake or two on the offensive side of the ball and turning the ball over to the Saints. I'm going Saints thirty to thirteen. I think they're gonna they're gonna cover that six and a half.
0: You know, that feeling at the slot machine when you get the first one locked in, you think, okay, then the second one you go, ooh. Well, it's time to go, ooh,
1: because I got the Saints also. What's the third one? Well, the third one, I'm going to Arizona, but not Arizona, the San Francisco 49ers because they're playing in Arizona. I'm going to go with them. I am. Um, I just think this is a bad matchup for the Washington football team. This is a balanced offense in San Francisco. Washington – we know that front four is special, especially when it comes to pass rush and pass defense. Run defense, you can move the ball a little bit on them. And then Shanahan's got enough in the pass game and all that. And I just think the 49ers defense is going to be trouble for Washington, especially with no Antonio Gibson. So uh, I'm taking the 49ers. Got them winning 27-14. Is it it? And that's where that's where the slot machine doesn't pay off. I got ah. the Seahawks given
0: 13-and-a-half. All right, give me your survivor pick the one team that you guarantee will win regardless of spread
1: well I, I mean I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks there I am I, I just can't imagine them losing to the New York Jets after them having a disappointing loss at home last week to the New York Giants so are we doing it too where we can't pick them again like okay fine the Jets are gone no no oh, okay. You pick whoever you All pick right. whoever see you, Jets. Well, I got losing. the Seahawks also right. I got the
0: Seahawks also after what happened to the Jets last week anyone would beat them that's it we'll see you next time
1: see ya Thank <laughs> you.